the Great British Manufacturing Podcast, brought to you by MTD, MFD and Jefferson. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Great British Manufacturing Podcast. As regular listeners know, we typically feature a range of positive industry stories, but this week we're dedicating the podcast to an exciting new collaboration. IPG, Developers of Renewable Generator Technology, the Institute for Advanced Manufacturing and Engineering, which is a collaboration between Coventry University and Unipart Manufacturing, and SDU Technology, Tier 1 and Tier 2 manufacturing experts have formed an alliance to co-develop the blueprint for volume manufacture of the IPG flameless generator, a clean and green replacement for the diesel generator. My regular co-host, Joe Reynolds, has work commitments, so is unable to join us this week. And by the way, congratulations to Joe. It was announced a couple of days ago he's the new MD of the rapidly expanding MTD CNC network. Our guests this week are Toby Gill, CEO of IPG, Dr. Marcus Kaufman, Director of AMA, and Christopher Greenhoe, Chief Commercial Officer of SDE Technology. Impossibly a world first, in addition to being a guest, Chris will also be co-hosting this podcast. Thanks for joining us and agreeing to co-host, Chris. Would you mind introducing yourself to our listeners and providing us with an overview of both SDE technology and the new alliance? Absolutely. And great to be back on the podcast, Stuart. Thank you for having me. Um, co-hosting and being a guest as well. Uh, it's going to be interesting to interview myself, something I've never done before. <laughs> but I'm sure I will manage. So SDE are one of the leading manufacturers of pressings and assemblies in the UK, privately owned, established for 60 years, and looking to invest in new technologies and really change the way the company is seen going forward into lightweighting experts. And SDE are working with IPG and the AME on this fantastic collaboration project. And as you say, joining us today, we have Toby Gill, CEO of IPG, and Marcus Kaufman, who is director at the AME. So welcome, Toby. Please tell us more about yourself and IPG. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, really exciting to talk about what we're up to. So, yeah, I'm Toby Gill, CEO of IPG. And as we've kind of mentioned, we're a British climate tech company that's sort of really on a mission to tackle what we see as the dirty secret of the energy transition, uh, the diesel generator. What we're doing is we're creating a clean, uh, multi-fuel capable generator so that companies can finally end their reliance on diesel, uh, yet without sacrificing on energy security. Fantastic. And welcome also, Marcus. Please tell us about your background and the work you do at the AME. Hi, Chris, it's Stuart and Toby. Uh, thanks for the invite to participate here. Uh, I am Dr. Marcus Kaufman. I lead the Institute for Advanced Manufacturing and Engineering, also known as the AME. We are uh, originally a collaboration between academia and industry, so Coventry University and Uniport Manufacturing Group. Uh, we have been designed to create a bridge between academia and industry in three main fronts teaching and production of industry-ready graduates, research and R&D, trying to de-risk investment in manufacturing, particularly in uh, automotive and aerospace, and finally, to help business to, to grow and scale up. So I'm very glad to be part of this exciting opportunity with SD and IPG. Fantastic, thank you, Marcus. So Toby, you mentioned that IPG is replacing the diesel generator. What does this actually mean? Sure, so I think the sort of first point is that 
when we think about this sort of clean energy transition that we're going under, you sort of don't imagine that the diesel generator forms any part of that. But actually, despite the progress that we're continuing to make, you know, as a society with wind, soda, and battery storage, diesel generators are still everywhere. You know, that ranges from construction, mining, festivals, backup power for hostels and data centers, and actually even used to provide power for wind farms when the wind isn't blowing. So these things are everywhere, right? And so we think it's really important to find an alternative that is compatible with our sort of clean future, right? And what we've been doing is replacing that with a product that looks and feels like a diesel generator, our IPG Flames generator, but is able to do that job, providing power when and where it's needed without producing pollutant emissions from any fuel. What that means is it sort of helps break what is essentially a chicken and egg cycle between companies' ambition to move away from diesel, but a perception of risk of, well, what happens if I can't get that hydrogen? What happens if I can't get that biofuel at the right price or the right quantity? And it really just de-risks that transition for them. Absolutely. And that sounds like an interesting and potentially valuable product to help achieve our net zero targets. Now, you obviously recently announced this joint collaboration with ourselves at SDE and the AME to bring the principles of digital manufacturing to accelerate development of your climate tech solution. Can you tell us more about this and what this means, Toby? Sure. So we've been fortunate enough to work with uh, both the AME and yourselves at the SDE Technologies for uh, some time now. And that's been when we've been working through our prototyping phase. And now as we look to begin building and deploying our minimal viable products and put that into the hands of our paying customers, it's now really time to start meaningfully thinking about, okay, how are we going to ma- manufacture this at volume, right? It's all well and good being able to make a few of these, but this has got to be made in the hundreds and then the thousands at the right price. And so what we've been looking to do is work with yourselves and bring all your expertise across the uh, across the board to help us bring together this blueprint for how we're going to do that. Because that's an essential step to saying, okay, not only do we have a product here that's clearly great for our customers in principle, but we can do so at the right price and the right volume. Absolutely. And, and for both of you now, this, this is not the traditional route for hardware startups. Why are you embarking on this new approach? So, Toby, I'll come to you first. Sure. I think there's, you know, there's always a bit of a challenge here for any new innovator, right? There's always a bit of a, a hurdle to overcome. And in particular for the hardware technology developers like IPG, you can often find yourselves in a bit of a seemingly impossible loop in which it's clear to have a clear route to volume manufacturing of your product so that you can secure the backing of customers and investors. But if you haven't got that demand coming and talking to, say, someone like yourselves at SDE Technology and saying, hey, do you want to sort of think about how you can manufacture our product at volume for us is kind of a non-starter, right? You need to, you need everyone to be there at the table at the same time. And uh, I was fortunate enough to meet Marcus back in uh, well, a few years ago now and really sort of hear his vision on how this could be done differently and how we can bring the value of Industry 4.0 to what we're trying to do and how that could help accelerate our route to market for what is a new hardware innovation. So I'm sure Marcus can tell us much more about that. Absolutely. And so, Marcus, over to you. This this different route, this different approach, um, what's your view on this? 
Uh, yes, Chris. So traditionally, it is very hard and complex to break through the, you know, the, the industry four barrier. Everybody talks about it, but not many companies really understand it. And very, very few companies know how to actually use it to generate value for their businesses. So our vision of uh, future manufacturing and industry four is really focused on working with companies to identify what potential value use cases they have, and then to try to use the university resources that we have, particularly in the AME, in our, in our digital demonstrator, to actually try to run pilots and de-risk the entire entry point into Industry 4 for companies. So we are very excited to have new products and new processes coming, coming from uh, industry, uh, and, and really to put our students or PhD students students or undergraduates or professors or assistant professors all to work in favor of delivering growth for, for industry. The way we, we try to do that, Chris, is by really taking a simple four-step approach. We start with creating a joint roadmap that identify what the challenges are for the, for the manufacturers and for the product developers. So in the case of IPG, we know fairly well what the next steps are between going from a prototype product to going into slow, uh, low volume ramp up production. And then what we will try to do is to use the latest uh, digital manufacturing and digital twinning uh, solutions and infrastructure to help forecast what we could do in the future and how can we make sure we design factory and manufacturing solutions that are as clean and as sustainable as the product itself. So we sell the whole package to potential uh, investors and end and customers. Absolutely. And for me, this is really forming the understanding of how to evolve IPG's technology to manufacturing readiness and enable a further sort of more detailed relationship to be formed between IPG, SDE as IPG's route to market progresses. And Marcus, can you can you speak to this long-term value a little further? What 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 is this approach bringing? Yeah, I, I guess Chris, you, you've been in uh, automotive supply chain for for uh, a few decades, and you know fairly well <laughs> how uh, <laughs> how the OEMs traditionally uh, squeeze the, the suppliers down the chain, right? And how it's very difficult to find a way to keep your margins at a level that you can keep the innovation cycle go going. And I think some of that has been due to the way in which manufacturers in the past only focus on creating value out of their tangible assets, out of the products that they sell themselves, so the physical things. What digital manufacturing, and in particular digital twinning, enable manufacturers to do is to get gain further control over their data and over their know-how know and over their trade secrets in a way that they can demonstrate what, what is the value that they bring and they can control that value inside a system and demand a further uh, a relationship that goes beyond a three-year contract or a five-year contract. So let's say, for, for example, here in, in this particular case, because IPG is engaging with SD early enough and we are supporting you both on developing the manufacturing uh, solutions for the future, I'm sure that SDE will own some of the IP on that future manufacturing plan and will be used to use that and rely on that as a way to guarantee long-term value creation within your own company and hopefully recoup some of that investment you made in, in innovation in digital solutions. So when, when we talk about long-term value, that, that's really what we have in mind. How can we secure 
you know, value for, for manufacturers at the tier one, tier two, and tier three, even beyond, uh, in, a, in a situation where you have a very uh, um, skewed supply chain where the value tends to flow all the way to the OEM. So we, we think intellectual property and digital uh, technologies will really help manufacturers if they know where to start and if they start early on in the journey. So this project is really exciting for me because we have all the individual ingredients there to demonstrate a use case here where hopefully SDE and IPG will both mutually benefit in the long term. Absolutely. And that, that new approach is incentivizing greater and early collaboration between established manufacturers and the startups. So for us at SDE, this is an opportunity to share in the IP of a co-created manufacturing blueprint for a product that shows commercial promises, value to our business and justifies our early involvement in accelerating the route to market. So there's very there's very few uh, of these collaborations which involve a the the sort of startup and uh, the digital from AME and the manufacturer all at the start of the project. Normally the manufacturer is brought in much later down down the line and they don't see the value or you end up with something that isn't even fit for manufacturing processes. So does this approach have the potential to help us reach our net zero goals, Toby? Absolutely. I think, you know, what we've just highlighted here is that the differing approach that we're all proposing to undertake, right, is about more collaboration, right, about bringing together the expertise across the whole value chain to say we can do this quicker, better. And I think that's important because actually, Funding climate tech innovations like ours is surprisingly challenging. Last year, only 4% of private investment went into climate tech, energy, and energy tech startups. You know, that's despite everything that you hear in the news, right? This is actually a really relatively niche investment opportunity in Europe. And, you know, it's a bad pun, but it comes down to the fact that hardware is hard, right? And what we need relative to, say, more digital startups is more capital. Perceive, people perceive us as more risky. And what they want to see and what investors want to see is they want to know that the ultimate value of our products, as defined by that manufacturing price, right, can be realized. Because if I just sit in front of uh, prospective investors and prospective customers and say, trust me, we'll work it out down the line, you know, that's not really a not really a message that flies. And so by working with large manufacturers like yourselves, the SDE technology and the AME AME we're able to do is sort of bring together all of that expertise, all of that reputation and say, like, okay, we haven't just got a half design for this. We know that this is the roadmap. We know that these are the steps we need to take to not think that we can get to this end goal of this product costing this much to manufacture, but we know that that can be done. And that's really important because when we look at this whole clean tech, climate changing uh, industry, right? The IEA, has recently stated that almost half of the emission reductions that are needed to deliver net zero by 2050 are slated to come from technologies that are currently in the demonstration or prototype phase. And this is something that our approach, I really think, could be used to accelerate bringing those absolutely essential climate innovations to market sooner, right? And that's going to be vitally important. Absolutely. And again, this, this new way of working offers a route to expedite cost-effective manufacturing for startups like IPG. It also allows greater transparency across the entire process, 
allowing an in-depth understanding of a product's true carbon footprint. And that's going to be more and more important as we go go further towards 2020 and 2050. Uh, and this marks a very important step towards aligning the industry with our net zero objectives. So, Marcus, do you think where we are 2050, net zero, is it an achievable target? Uh, that's that's a good question. Uh, I, I have to be optimistic and say, yes, it is. And and it's because of collaborations like this. It's because of uh, people getting together and saying, we have here the, the right technologies and, and the right solutions. All we need to do is organize ourselves, perhaps in a, in a more productive way to make sure we can accelerate product development, product introduction and adoption of these new technologies. So I'm, I'm very helpful, Chris, and, and I'm hoping that these um, project between ourselves will work almost as a lighthouse to demonstrate uh, to, to other collaborators that we might have in the future what's the art of possible when we set our minds to, to it. And the same, Toby, where do you think we are, A, on a percentage journey from now to 2050, and do you think 2050 is an achievable date? Oh, it's always a difficult one, but I, I'd have to agree with Marcus. We've we've got to believe this is possible, right? And I think it is. And I think as a well, as a percentage, uh, you're not going to catch me putting a random number out <laughs> publicly like that. Um, I think what's interesting though is I that recently the report came out, and please forgive me, I forget the exact um, link to it, yep. but hopefully yep. we can maybe dig it out. But it came that la the sort of executives from some of the largest companies across the world have said that they think it might be closer to 2060 rather than 2050. Yeah. And I think what, as Marcus is saying here, is if we can in part demonstrate that this is how you can accelerate bringing climate tech innovation to market, that is how we're going to bring that further forward. right? Because if everyone sits in their silos, hoping that they can capture 100% of the value from their great innovation, rather than spreading some of that across the value chain to make sure this happens faster. That's going to how that's going to how we're going to get hurt by this, right? And so I'm actually very optimistic that through projects like our own and many others that we're going to get there. So Toby, great collaboration that we're all involved in, and you've got a crowdfunding campaign. Do you want to tell us more about that? Yeah, this, uh, we're really looking forward to the collaboration and to, in part to support this. Yes, IPG is currently uh, crowdfunding on the platform Cedars, looking to the community out there who think that what we're up to is going to be a really valuable way to help combat climate change. And so if you uh, would like to take a look and maybe join us on our journey, um, we'll be posting the link, hopefully with the podcast as well. Thank you both for your time today. Marcus, I can't believe you've gone through the whole show and not, not done a plug for your book. I know, right? Um, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm trying to focus on demonstrating in practical terms what that book is all about, Chris. But uh, yeah. yeah, if anyone is interested in a, in a short um, book that talks heavily about how to generate profit from adopting Industry 4, how to focus more on intangible assets and intellectual property, I have launched a book back in September last year. Uh, is available at all the major retailers. Uh, I can provide a link as part of the podcast if that is uh, is allowable. Uh, but yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm available. It's a subject that is very close to my heart, uh, as you know, Chris. Anyone who has any interest, uh, the doors of the AME are open uh, for discussions and for future collaborations. Thank you. Thank you, Marcus. And I know it's had some great reviews from some great people. Thank you for your time today, Marcus and Toby. I look forward to uh, working with you in the future on our collaboration. It's really exciting. SDE are investing. Uh, we're investing in green technologies. 
reducing carbon. We all need to push for it. Uh, thank you for your time today, both. Fascinating collaboration and uh, hopefully be a blueprint for many others in industry to follow. Uh, both links uh, to the crowdfunding campaign and also the book will be on the MTDMFG site, which will host this podcast. Unfortunately, that brings us to an end to this special edition of the podcast. I'd like to thank Toby, Marcus and Chris for joining us, MTD for producing the podcast, Lauren Franklin for coordinating the programme, and last but by no means least, our listeners. Join us again next week on the Great British Manufacturing Podcast. The Great British Manufacturing Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and a review. You can find us on Twitter using at MTDMFG and at Jefferson underscore MFG.